Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. I'm pleased today to have the uh, the director and founder of Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, back on the show with me. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about why worldview is so important. And today, we're going to pick that discussion up where we left off. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So yesterday uh, we were talking about worldview and uh, my friend Ken Ham is here with me again today and we're just going to pick it right back up. Ken, welcome back. Thank you for coming back today. Hey, thanks, Heidi. I, you know what? I should give you a test, but I won't. I won't give that test in case you get the answers wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> a worldview test. You, you know, what, uh, one of the things I've been doing is getting Christian children's books and looking at the ones, you know, where they, where they cover Genesis. And then looking at their pictures, because the pictures are just as important as the text of those books, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I found, a lot of these children's books, when they picture the Garden of Eden, right? You know what they have in the Garden of Eden? Holstein cows and poodles. Now, what's wrong with that? <laughs> i tell you what's wrong with that. Holstein cows were not in the Garden of Eden, and neither were poodles. And i tell you why this is so important. You see... Two of each kind, seven pairs of some, but two of each kind of land-dwelling air-breathing animal got on board Noah's Ark, came off the Ark, and gave rise to all the land animals that we have today. Now, the cattle kind, you only had two of the cattle kind on the Ark, and they came off the Ark and gave rise to all the different species of cattle that we have today, including Holstein cows, which you know we bred domestically, of course, through artificial selection. Um, but, you know, your, your bison and, and so on and all the different uh, uh, animals that are in the cattle kind. And the reason I say this is important is because here's how the evolutionists lead kids astray. Did your parents tell you that God created all the animals we see today? You know, because a lot of the children's books will say, look at all the animals God created. He created mm. all these animals we see today. And then they'll say, but he didn't create a poodle and he didn't create you know, some of these other, we've yeah, seen these Yeah, then they'll say that happened through form. evolution, yeah. Yeah, and we've seen these species form and we've seen them change. And if you taught your kids correctly that God made kinds of animals, he made the dog kind, the cat kind, he put great genetic diversity in their DNA, and two of each kind got on Noah's Ark, they come off the Ark, two dogs come off the Ark, and because of the, all the information in the genes, over time as they produce more dogs and move away from each other, those with longer hair, uh, genes for longer hair survive better in colder climates, shorter hair better in hotter climates. You'll for, produce different species of dogs. That's not evolution because all the information was there in our DNA. But um, unfortunately, many of our children's books will have the species today in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you see that th- th- then kids, you know, you might think oh, it's just a small thing, but what happens is it teaches them the whole wrong view about everything. And, you know, one of the big questions the atheists will say is, how can Noah get the animals on the ark? Which, of course, we answer here at uh, the Ark Encounter and in our materials. But you have to understand kinds and species to be able to answer that question because all the species we have today weren't on the ark. The kinds were on the ark. So dingoes, wolves, coyote, jackal, jackal, bennet, fox, all those different species of dogs weren't on the ark, but the dog kind was on the ark. Mm. You know, the horses, uh, donkeys and zebras and uh, donkeys and zorses. They weren't on the ark, but the horse kind was on the ark. 
Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to picturing the Garden of Eden, one of the things you'll notice is uh, the, the people who do these children's books, and I, I see it in a lot of homeschool books, and the homeschoolers using these books, they, they don't think in terms of a Christian worldview. They just look at animals we have today. Oh, we'll take you know pigs we had today and giraffes we have today, put all those in the Garden of Eden. But over time, what happens is because of the indoctrination in the secular world and, and because of all the questions being asked, kids don't have a biblical worldview to correctly understand these issues. And look, we can look at many other examples, even the bathtub arcs. You know, that's one of my pet peeves. Is a well, you have of, an entire exhibit for this at the Ark Encounter. Yeah, yeah. That, that's on the second deck because those bathtub arcs, you know, you think about it. If you look on the atheist websites, in fact, I first started teaching in 1970. Uh, when did I start teaching? 1975. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say 1917, so I don't know. Um, I, I, you lost yeah, me. Could, well, maybe you think I'm that <laughs> old. But, uh, 1975 was my first teaching year. That, now that dates me a little bit. That means I'm slightly older than you. Just a but little bit. In, in 1975, you know one of the first questions the kids in the public school asked me? How could Noah get all the animals on the ark? And see, that's been a big stumbling block for a lot of people. I've been asked that question so many times over the years. That's why you have to understand kinds to be able to answer that question, which we teach you in the ark, and we have exhibits there that uh, that teach you this. And and yet, a lot of our children's books and a lot of our churches on their kindergarten walls have these bathtub arcs with giraffes sticking out the chimney, about to sink at any moment, and. You know, it, it gives kids the idea that there's no way the animals could fit on that ark. Yeah, it turns you know, it into a fairy tale. It does. And we look, the, the history in Genesis 1 to 11 is important. You can say, oh, we can do fun things and change it just to be cute or whatever. That history is important. That history is foundational to everything. Mm-hmm. Noah's ark is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of Jesus. There was one door in the ark uh, that the family had to go through uh, to be saved. That's why I love it. On the second deck inside, the most favorite uh, photographic place, you know, place to take your photo uh, is there in front of the door. We have a lit cross on that door. And I love to see family standing there, getting their photograph taken, reminding their family, as Noah and his family went through a door to be saved, we need to go through a door. And that door is the Lord Jesus. And you see, because of the proliferation of all these bathtub arcs, when kids hear Noah couldn't fit the animals on the ark, well, of course, um, they couldn't go on that ark. That's why we wanted people to see the size of Noah's ark according to the dimensions in the Bible, uh, so that so that kids. I I've seen little kids come up to that ark and say, "Wow, <laughs> I didn't realize it was so big. Noah could fit the animals on them, couldn't he?" Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then you know some of these children's books. Would you believe? Because people are not thinking from a Christian worldview perspective. No, they'll have lions on the on the bathtub ark, right now. Lions wouldn't have been on the bathtub ark. Um, there wouldn't have been a bathtub ark. And lions wouldn't have been on the real ark. There would have been two of the cat kind that gave rise to lions and tigers and cheetahs and the different sorts of cats we have today for a start. But the other thing you notice is I've seen these children's books that have two male lions on the ark, which if they're on it's the re- ark, they, yeah, then they become right. extinct. Right, right, because right. They don't even think in terms of male and female, and they're, they're just not accurate. Mm-hmm. And these things are important because uh, we need to teach a true Christian worldview. Now, I could go through many, many other examples. You, you go through your books, Adam and Eve. They usually picture Adam and Eve as Caucasian white. Wait a minute. 
we are all the same color. It's a pigment called melanin. It's a brown color. It makes much more sense. Adam and Eve were middle brown. When, when you understand that then from middle brown coupled with the, the genetic variety that God put there, you could get some people who are dark, some who are light, and then it helps them understand there are no black people, there are no white people, we're all shades of brown. Mm-hmm. These things are all very, very important. And it's interesting, if you start to be discerning and start looking at your kids' books and looking at the, the pictures, the illustrations, you will start to see that a lot of those illustrations are incorrect. Um, they're, they're not representing things correctly, particularly in Genesis 1 to 11. And you see, the reason it's Genesis 1 to 11 is the problem. I mean, if they, you know, if you, if you see where they're talking about Daniel and the lions, then they'll have a man pictured in lions. That's okay. And, and, and if they're talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo and the fiery furnace, have a fiery furnace and three people, or they're, they're talking about other events in Scripture, usually that's okay. But as soon as it comes to Genesis 1 to 11, that's the problem because there you're dealing with the origins account. And it's the, Origins account that's the foundation for our worldview in every area, and that's what's come under particular attack. And it's understanding that account correctly in geology, biology, astronomy, uh, anthropology, and so on. That's key to having a worldview about everything. Mm, it's so important. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask uh, Ken why he's so passionate about the ark. One of the things I love so much about the ministry of answers in Genesis is they're doing exactly what is needed in the culture right now because the only answer to a bold lie is bold truth. We'll be right back. It's conference season. And as you guys know, one of my favorite events is Teach Them Diligently. I'll be at Pigeon Forge on May 5th through the 7th. You guys are not going to want to miss this event. The thing that sets Teach Them Diligently apart from all the other homeschool conferences is that they are solely focused on family discipleship. So not only are you going to get awesome information and classes about homeschooling, but you're also going to find out how you can teach and train your children to be followers of Jesus. You guys are not going to want to miss this. Go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events for more information. So Ken, before the break, you've mentioned a little bit now about the Ark Encounter and we see things that on, on the second deck and there are a lot of people listening to this who've never seen it. And I know uh, I've been there several times speaking for, I had the privilege uh, a couple of times now of speaking for your women's conference there. I'm coming out again. I'll be there uh, for the homeschool experience, which as I understand it is sold out. So there are uh, thousands and thousands of people now coming to see this amazing thing. And I remember the first time I saw it, uh, I'd gone, of course, to the Creation Museum before and done some work there. But then to see the Ark for the first time, it really is spectacular. I mean, it's it's wonderful that you have it behind you. You can see people kind of moving around and milling around. It gives you an idea of how big it is. But it really is spectacular to see this. You are a man on a mission. And God's done an incredible thing uh, with your life. I loved, I had an opportunity to talk to Mally last time I was there. And she said that you just sit back, the two of you, and just cannot believe what God has done and what he has allowed you to really be a part of and spearhead. So tell listeners a little bit about the vision that God gave you for the Creation Museum and the Ark, uh, because I want everyone who's listening to this to come and see it. Well, you know, going back to the 70s when I was a teacher, one of the things I found was that for the students in high school, and it was a public school, back then I could talk about the Bible freely and so on. It wasn't a problem. Yeah, those days are gone. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, But I found that the students, because of the teaching of evolution a millions of years, thought the Bible couldn't be true. 
And as I started to give them answers, it made a big impact on their lives. I remember one day talking about the Tower of Babel and that uh, because of that, uh, the different nations were formed and that we're all related. We all go back to Noah, back to Adam. And three of the Aboriginal students, three Aboriginal girls in my class, you know, they had very dark skin, came up afterwards and said, sir, tell us more. And I realized how much that impacted them because the Australian Aboriginals were considered the missing links in evolution, according to Darwin. And they were hunted down and killed in Australia uh, for their skins and skulls to display in museums. It's a sad part of Australia's history. And for me to tell them, no, we're all one race. We're all all related. You're part of my family. And and the skin uh, shades on the outside, those differences are just minor genetics. I mean, it blew their minds. And then when I started to take them to museums are always from an atheistic perspective, zoos from an atheistic perspective, evolutionary perspective. When I started talking in churches, I found that most people thought you didn't need to believe Genesis. And and the Lord gave me a real burden. And I started to see that even the kids from the churches in the schools, they doubted the Bible, doubt mm-hmm. you could trust it, because they weren't teaching apologetics, weren't teaching them, equipping them to defend their faith. And so even back then in the 70s, I said, why can't we have a creation museum? And I and one of the board members that helped found the ministry in our home in 1977 we stood on a piece of property in 1980 and prayed that Lord, the Lord would allow us to build a creation museum, which he answered in Kentucky uh, many years later uh, in, two, in you know, 2000. And, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to stop you for a second because it, it, you, you gloss right over that. But it's an incredible thing that you asked the Lord to do, and it took many years to see it come mm-hmm. to fruition. And there are a lot of people listening to this that God puts a burden on their heart, and they think, they look at what you did, and they think, oh, that, look at that Ken Ham. He's an overnight success. God gave him this vision, and boom, the creation. That's not true, is it? No, it's, uh, it's not true. And when you think that, uh, you know, the Creation Museum was opened, you know, 16 years ago, uh, but the vision goes back to the 70s. Mm-hmm. And along the way, God matures you and you have all sorts of life's experiences. And then there's all these uh, aspects where we have to step out in faith and you have battles. It's like, it's like, you know, we had all sorts of battles and the atheists trying to stop us and court cases. And it's like the Israelites conquering the promised land and you've got to conquer you know, the Jericho and you've got to deal with the giants and you have to deal with AI and you've got all these problems along the way. and I tell you, the same happened when we're building the ark. But you know what? I think what we're doing and and what I really see for these is that I recognized most of the churches weren't equipping God's people. They weren't giving them the answers. They were losing their children to the world. Yes. And people mocked and said it wouldn't work. They said, if we build attractions that answer all these questions and that we actually teach the apologetics and Christian worldview like we should and the truth of God's word and the gospel. And it's because most of our churches aren't doing it. Most of our Christian leaders are compromised. Not Absolutely all, true. Not all, but the yep. majority. Yep. Yep. Then people will come in here, get the answers, and then that'll impact them and their children, and they'll go back and impact their churches. And it's really to do something that the church should be doing, but by and large is not. And people said it wouldn't work because if you're so bold about the Bible and the gospel, people aren't going to come. You know, 30% of those who come are non-Christians. And we actually just celebrated between the Ark and the Creation Museum, our total number of visitors between both the Ark and the Creation Museum 
just uh, a couple of weeks ago was 10 million. We reached mm. the 10 million mark. Think of all those people that have come. And people are, are pouring in from all over. And I've had, had, we've seen people saved as a result of these uh, attractions. We hear of testimonies all the time, um, at, at how it sets people on fire for the Lord. You, you, you will come here to the Ark and the Creation Museum. You'll see a mix of people you won't see in church. I mean, if you go to church, would you see 30% non-Christian for a start sitting in a church? And then we have, we, we, we have Muslims that come here. Uh, we have Buddhists that come here. We have Sikhs that have come here, Orthodox Jews. I see Catholic nuns. I see priests. I see uh, lots of Amish and Mennonite. There's even Baptists and Presbyterians. <laughs> and, I mean, all it's, you wouldn't see this mix of people normally and different backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds and and uh, I, I mean, it is amazing. And they come in here, and uh, we give them presentations, and they have have these facilities and theaters and all the things they do. And we have a zoo, and so so. It, it, and it's all done from a Christian worldview perspective, unique in the world. That the two leading Christian themed attractions in the world, nothing else like them. And they stand so boldly for God's word and the gospel. And standing on a literal Genesis. I've, there are many liberals that just, they're tearing their hair out. They hate it. They just don't understand. How could this be? And how could they build that? And, you know, uh, Heidi, we've never had the money to build any of this. And we live on the edge every day. And yet God is blessed. We've stepped out in faith. I've always pushed the edge because without faith, it's impossible to please mm. God. Mm. And we tell people our needs and what we're doing, and God burdens them, and it all works together. And you've got to be prepared to cop a lot of flack. You've got to be prepared to be attacked by people in the church as well as people outside the church. They'll call your names. You've got to be prepared to have a thick skin in regard to all of that because ultimately I say our passion is, is God's word and the gospel and we want to see people in heaven with us and we want to help parents raise up their children and pass on that spiritual legacy. That's what it's all about. And this life is nothing compared to eternity. It's not even a drip in the bucket compared to eternity. So it's, you know, my mother drummed into us all our lives. I still hear her, every time I think about this, I hear her saying it. It's only what's done for Jesus that lasts. Mm, it's true. And I think uh, as we get older, you know, and you know, I've got, I've got a soon to have four grandchildren now, I'm recognizing how quickly it goes and the most important things we will ever invest in our kingdom things. And I was thinking, as you're just talking about, it's, it's, uh, it's impossible to please God without faith. And we've got to have thick skin and you got to be willing to stand for what you know is right. And I thought you have just described my run for Congress. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I admire you and what you're doing there. We need more people like you uh doing that and i there's no doubt you'll get attacked they'll make false uh allegations uh, against you they do that with us all the time uh they will make up all sorts of things and they'll, they'll twist what you say and i mean it happens all the time and you just got to be prepared to stand and you know what god honors those who honor him and uh he'll direct our paths he'll open doors or shut doors or even just running is a witness to people if you think mm. about it mm. Yeah, and I'd like to see more people engage. And I think once they, once you feel the the weight of the responsibility that God gives us, you know, the, the Apostle Paul said, we are there for Christ's ambassadors as if he were making his appeal through us. Come back to me is the heart of the Father. And what you're doing there at Answers in Genesis is an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. How can people find out about uh, planning a trip to see you guys at the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum? 
Well, I would say go to arcencounter.com um, because it, it also has links direct to the Creation Museum there as well. And and you can get can, hopper uh, passes now. That, that was last I heard, right? People can get passes for both of yeah, the parks, we, we correct? Don't, we don't use that term because that's a Disney term. And, you know, <laughs> we don't want to be associated with them. Uh, Pretty soon you're going to be mixing up the pronouns and then it's all downhill from there. Um, yeah, we have a three-day bouncer pass where you can see I'm, I'm Australian, kangaroos bounce around. You Bouncing, get, the bouncer passes. From, you know. I think people need to know, too, you you have world-class restaurants there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's hard to explain until someone's actually been there. We're very a, a much looking. reality ride better than what Disney has. Yeah, it's it's extraordinary. And I'm very, very excited to be coming out again. I always feel so honored to be invited. I'll be there with Kirk Cameron for the homeschool experience. Uh, and I know you guys are sold out, but tell a little bit in the last minute that we have here about what people can expect during that week, that that uh, that homeschool experience at the Ark. We, we decided to do something a little different. Instead of a homeschool conference, we call it a homeschool experience because we have these two attractions. I mean, without anything else, that's, I mean, your, your kids and for the family, just the Ark and the Creation Museum and then the theaters that we have and virtual reality, right, and the zoo and just that in itself is incredible for families. But we want to have this homeschool experience. So we have a lot of uh, specialists here in biology and geology and astronomy and and uh, horticulture. and I mean, every area, actually. Yeah, it's um, amazing. And so we put together all these workshops, and they're, <laughs> they're extremely popular. And in fact, we're working our people really hard that week. I think they're doing workshops all day long to try and fit as many in as we can. So we have all these workshop experiences to teach biblical worldview in forensic science, in biology and astronomy and geology and horticulture and, I mean, everything. And we have our own science labs here at the Ark and the Creation Museum. And uh, then we invited guest speakers in like yourself and others. And I'll be there as well. And we're giving all sorts of talks too. And uh, we, we, we're giving uh, live animal programs because we have our zoo, all from a biblical worldview perspective. So, you know, instead of God created this animal to eat this animal, it's God created this animal. Originally, they were all vegetarian. Now, because of the fall, they do eat other animals. But let's look at the fact that they couldn't have evolved. You know, it's all from a biblical worldview perspective. So it's a homeschool experience. It's not like a normal uh, homeschool event. And we've only allowed a very few vendors in, very few those who we know really do have biblical worldview Christian textbooks, and it's not many at all, ourselves and uh, uh, a couple of others uh, that we've allowed in here that stand on God's word in, in, in Genesis. So we're, we're actually doing the selecting for the people. You know, if you trust us, we understand biblical worldview. You've got to stand on God's word in Genesis, and uh, here's Here's the groups that we've allowed in here that we suggest you use their material. I love that. And and uh, people that trust Answers in Genesis know that this is going to be an incredible time for families. I am so excited to be there, and uh, I'll have my books there. A few people from my family will be there as well. Uh, and I have to say, you have some of the best people working for you every single time uh, I'm there. We are just blessed, just blown away by the people uh, by the experience and by the mission that God has given you and that uh, you have fulfilled in such a beautiful way. Ken Ham, you're a national treasure. It's just been a delight to have you. Thank you so much for coming on the show and I will see you in just a few days. Okay, thanks Heidi and we continue to pray for you. Thank you so much. For more information about Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast 
Scroll down to the show notes and I will link back to all things Answers in Genesis, the Creation Museum, and the Ark Encounter. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.